listening to the Keefe to the City podcast. All right, the 2016 Subway Series has come to an end with a pretty uneventful split in the series. Uh, the Yankees and Mets uh, both taking two games apiece as now they go on their separate ways. The Yankees trying to keep their above 500 record alive. The Mets actually trying to make the playoffs and joining me today to talk. Uh, Yankees-Mets, among other things, is uh, WFAN's Mike Son, Frances on the fan producer, Brian Monzo. Monzo, how's it going today? It's been a while. It has been a while. Now you can also <laughs> tag me as... Uh co-host of the Mac and Mons podcast. I was going to say that. that. You, you guys are a couple months in now, You uh, the Mac and Mons pod, and it's pretty popular from what I can see on Twitter. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. We've done 10 of them. Um, it's, been a, it's, it's been interesting. We've done, we haven't done a ton of sports. We've done some, but we've done a lot of uh, funny stories about the fan and things that happen on the, the Mike show and other shows and uh, things that, uh, in our lives that we uh, seem to think people would find interesting. Like the fact that McMonagle has basically been on a three-week honeymoon touring the world, and I just had my fifth child. So uh, <laughs> I know. I, guess I was, it, no, I did. I, I I did it from Disney. He's done it from Hawaii. I mean, there's there's nothing stopping the podcast. I was gonna say congratulations are in order. The fifth Monzo child now, all under six years old, which is uh, that <laughs> your your home life must be pretty hectic there. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, when I'm in charge, like I am right now. It's a, it's a lot of. Uh, sit on the couch, watch TV, and here's your iPads, and don't make a mess. <laughs> and so it's Brooks, uh, Brooks, Thor, Bonzo, do you get, are you like, you get, you know, full rights over all the naming? Uh, no, I actually, uh, I mean, look, I obviously had some influence on all the names. You know, the name I was pulling for this time was Brock, and uh, I couldn't get that one. And, I'm, and obviously I was, I was a fan of Thor. Uh, you know, for Noah Syndergaard, and I know it's a popular, you know, movie and comic book and everything. But uh, I was pulling for Brock, and I couldn't, I couldn't get that one. But uh, I was happy with Dor and Brooks. I've been trying to, I have been trying to wiggle the name Brooks in for a while. But I had three girls in a row, and uh, I didn't think it fit. So uh, I'm happy with how, how things played out this time. And so Thor, I mean, did you you were just like we're doing Thor? Or your wife, was there any backlash I was, on that? You know, I kind of said it. I kind of said it as like a joke at first. Um, and then I just kept saying it and I kind of stuck and I'm like, you know what? I don't know anybody with that name, uh, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> so that must be pretty. And now I obviously I conceded to the fact that it wouldn't work as a first name, uh, just cause it'd be too weird, but you can always sneak a, a pretty interesting middle name in there. Uh, and I've tried doing that and, uh, and I think I found one and, uh, you know, outside of uh, a couple of people kind of looking at me sideways, uh, I think it's been uh, accepted pretty well. Well, uh, the Subway Series is now over. The Yankees take two. The Mets take two. Uh, and the Mets go on their way here one game back in the wild card, eight games back in the division. And I know you're of the dynamic of Mets, Giants, Rangers fan. And so, you know, you guys got your run last year going to the World Series. And to me, it, it sort of felt like the Rangers run a few years ago when they made it to the Stanley Cup and played the Kings. And that that seemed like that was their opportunity to win. And if they weren't going to win then, they might not win again. And now they're sort of experiencing that from a Mets fan perspective because really it just seems like, you know, the division's out of grasp now and, and you got to play for the wild card. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, how much longer could this Mets window really last with power pitching getting hurt seemingly every day in the league? Yeah, it's been, I mean, the injuries this year have been starting with, you know, Lucas Student and David Wright and now Cabrera and then obviously Harvey's out for the year and 
uh, you know, Matt's with the spur, Syndergaard with the spur, uh, you know, Cologne base, Cologne and the Grom basically the most reliable pitchers this year, which is uh, unbelievable. But I don't know if I, I can. It's kind of tough for me to compare this to the to the run with the Rangers because you know the Rangers' success is obviously based on one person, uh, where the Mets' success can be based on a couple of different people staying healthy and playing well. Um, I, I think a big key to the Mets isn't so much the pitching. You know, they're obviously not going to have all five of these guys. You know, Wheeler's coming back eventually. Um, but I, I think the key is, is figuring out what's going to happen with Cespedes next season because a lot of seem a lot of people seem to think it's just a lock that he's going to opt out. But, you know, he's injured now. He came out, you know, he was playing ridiculous to start the season. You know, as the injuries went on with the other players and himself, his numbers kind of tailed off a little bit. I'm not sure anybody else is going to pay him you know, $25 million a year the next few years. So I don't, I'm not so sure it's a lock that he opts out. And if he stays in and then you have him and Bruce as a three and four, you know, with some of the other players and some of these pitchers stay healthy, I think the Mets are just as dangerous uh, as some of these other teams out there. Well, if you if you look at this team right now and with the Marlins to still jump and they've got the Dodgers to worry about uh, whatever happens in the Central there with the Cardinals, um, you know, you, you go into the season, though, it seemed like everyone thought Mets-Cubs again because the Cubs were still on the up. The Mets sort of surprised everyone and peaked a little early last year. Um, the, the, you know, people thought they were more than just last year out from being a contender. But now you look at what the Nationals has done, and this is really what everyone thought they would have done last year, but they sort of couldn't get out of their own way in the second half. And you look at the division now going forward, I mean, it seemed like it would be just Nets uh, or Nationals-Mets, but now you have the Marlins to worry about as well. Yeah, they, they, you know, they have their run every couple of years. I think this one's going to be uh, a little longer than they're looking to win the World Series and trade everybody to next year. <laughs> uh, you have a, a dominant pitcher in Fernandez, obviously a marquee player in Stanton, a uh, good manager, uh, that team is really coming together. I, I look, I like when divisions are competitive. I know you like ripping on the the Red Sox, obviously, and the Orioles and well, the Rays. Although they, it looks like their time is done for a while, you know. But I'm sure it's more entertaining as a Yankee fan when all three teams are competing well. Um, so I mean, look, I think the Nationals, the key to them, and it's unbelievable, is, is obviously the Murphy signing and how good he's been offensively uh, to nobody's expectation. I mean. You know, as we, as people have said, and, and Mike said on the show, is if Daniel Murphy knew he'd had this kind of year, he wouldn't have signed a three-year, thirty-seven million dollar contract. He would have signed a, you know, a five-year, two hundred million dollar contract. Um, so that's been the one thing for that team that's been ridiculous. And um, no, look, uh, the, the the division's competitive. The Braves are, are young again, and it'll take them a couple of years to get going. Um, so I, I think I think all. You know, all the teams in the division at some point, the Phillies were a little better than people expected this year. I think all these teams are going to be competitive at least for the next couple of years. And, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you just got to hope that you can keep that uh, offense going and uh, the pitchers stay healthy and, uh, you know, they can see. Because I think if healthy, you know, they're, they're right up there with the Mets. But the injuries have been disastrous this year to the levels that, you know, you haven't seen in a long time. And basically, if you look at every player in this, you know, basically started the season with them, I mean, everyone's been hurt at some point. So, I mean, it's uh, it's very puzzling. Were you a Murphy Murphy guy, or were you you know happy that the Mets didn't make him an offer to come back? I I, I was kind of in the middle. Like I was like, it would have been great if he came back, but I didn't think it was a disaster losing him. You know, I was like, all right, if they sign him back, great. And if not, you know, New Walker's comparable, and you know maybe he is comparable in some ways. But the the season Murphy's put up 
I mean, there's no denying. I mean, right now he's the NL MVP, which is uh, ridiculous to say. I mean, this is a guy who couldn't run the bases, couldn't steal a base, couldn't make a defensive play, wasn't a, a home run hitter. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's kind of put it all together and is doing things that, I mean, I, I think you can even admit that no one expected him to do. I know he had that ridiculous run in the playoffs last year that cooled off in the World Series, but his numbers right now, I mean, he's batting over, you know, close to 360 with 80 RBIs. I mean, <laughs> he's on pace to go like 35 and 130. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> well,. <laughs> Well, the, the Mets did get Jay Bruce at the deadline who hit the big three-run home run against Evaldi the other night. Um, and I know you're a huge Jay Bruce guy, and you always – I don't know if it's because your your fantasy relations, but you always have these guys that, you, that you're huge on. It seems like he's one of them. I've always been a, a Jay Bruce guy since 2008. And it, a lot of it had to do with fantasy. It was always one of those guys I drafted. I thought they were going to get him last year. Now, last year I was – last year I was on the Cespedes bandwagon when as soon as – it was obvious the Mets were going to make a move. I hated the idea of bringing in Carlos Gomez. So when that fell through, I was pushing for Cespedes, and it worked out. Um, but I, I know there were talks to bring in Jay Bruce last year. I mean, look, I, I know that people love to talk about batting average and strikeouts. Uh, you know, everybody strikes out in baseball these days. I mean, Mike Trout strikes out more than anybody. You know, so, I mean, that doesn't bother me. And I, I have no problem with guys that consistently put up somewhere between 25 and 30 home runs and 90 RBIs. You need guys like that in your lineup. You know, you don't need the – I mean, you need the guys that get on base and the guys that steal bases, but you need those guys that can drive in runs. And he's been a guy that's consistently done that. I think he has the most home runs in the National League since he's come into the league with, like, 234. It's just a guy that consistently puts up numbers, a blue-collar baseball player. Uh, you know, not great in the field but, you know, can hit his 30 home runs, can drive in his 90, and will consistently put up those numbers every year. I know the last couple of years he's battled, you know, some uh, inconsistencies in his swing, and but he put it together this year. He's leading the NL in RBI. He's got 26 home runs. I mean, I have no complaints with having this guy on my team. I take a guy like that on my team every year. To you, and I kind of thought Lucas Duda, I kind of thought Lucas Duda was starting into that, but it, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. He goes, his spurts of home runs, they're, you know, eight and three games and then no home runs for 20 games can be very frustrating. Look at this team and, and they add Bruce and last year they added Cespedes, but going into this deadline, it seemed like Mets fans wanted more than just a power bat that they got at Bruce. You know, people talked about getting relief pitching. Uh, do you think they did enough at this deadline to, to make this team a playoff team once again? No, I think they needed to add Jonathan Lucroy as well. Uh, I, and I, I kind of joked about it a couple of days ago saying, so how about adding both Bruce and Lucroy? And there was some talk about them after the Bruce trade of uh, looking into getting Lucroy and, you know, going back and forth with the Brewers, but uh, it's no avail. No, I, I think they needed a, a catcher uh, that can consistently play, bat, you know, hit for some average. You know, they've gotten such inconsistent play from the catcher this year. Darno, who knows what at this point what he's going to be. You know, Rene Rivera's a journeyman. I know he's got a good report some of the pitchers, but, you know, Lucroy's a, you know, a premier catcher who can play first if he has to, you know, hit 300, you know, driving some runs and someone you can put in that top of the order or the second half of the order that can really help balance the lineup. And, you know, with all the injuries the Mets had, I really thought they needed another bat outside of Bruce uh, to really help them compete with some of these teams with deep offenses. Um, so I think that's going to be one of the main reasons they don't make the playoffs, not just the pitching. Look, everybody can add relief pitching. I actually thought – I was of the thought that with what the Yankees were getting for their closers, for Chapman – and for Miller, you know, a smart team like the Pirates, what they did with Melanson, 
I'm so I would if I were the Mets, I would have been seeing what you could have got from Familia because you can always, in my opinion, find a closer. I mean, he may not be great, but you can always find a closer. You could have gotten two or three top prospects for Familia. You got to jump on that. And what the Yankees got for Miller and Chapman, I mean, those are massive hauls for relief pitchers. Well, with Familia, I mean, he had two you know, d- dicey uh, appearances in the Subway Series, and I know he had the crazy save streak, but then um, you know that came to a crash again. And it seems like with him, he, he you know he doesn't go out there and really dominate. At least not this season. It's more of you know first two guys get on, he needs you know a strikeout and a double play to get out of it. But to hear you say to get rid of him, because that's sort of been a sentiment now. I've heard other Mets fans say, but it seems at least from like a social media standpoint that. Mets fans are split on him where some, you know, absolutely can't stand him because of the situations he puts the team in the ninth inning. But others sort of, uh, you know, brush that aside and consider him to be among the elites still in the game. Yeah, and I think he's somewhere in the middle of that. I, I would call him, look, he's going to, he's on a good team. He's going to, uh, as long as he's on the team, he's going to be up there in the league where he saves. You know, he's going to be a fantasy save guy that people are going to love because he's going to get his 40 saves. Uh, but he definitely, uh, you know, keeps just sweating because, yeah, that first that first at bat walk is almost inedible. At least just put the guy on base, just to, you know, potentially <laughs> walk the guy, just to get it out of the way, just to save some time. But uh, you know, he's for the most part he's gotten the job done. It might not be pretty, um, but the one thing that makes you nervous and the one thing that actually happened is, sure, he makes he gets a ton of saves and he makes you nervous and doesn't blow a ton. But it seems as though when he does blow them, it's at a, a horrendous time and a tough time to blow it, and. I don't know how you can fix that. I don't know if it's just bad timing or if it's just karma, but uh, that's the one thing that's troublesome is sure. He, he gets his 40 saves and he makes you nervous, but it's always that save you really need. That is when he actually blows it. And that's, uh, that's what's troublesome to me. So you, you seem like you, you don't trust him. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him consistently be able to. It's tough to compare anybody to Mariano Rivera, who's the greatest of all time, but I haven't seen him get that big save, um, and that's what's really bothered me. And that's look, he, I can go, I can put him out there in the regular season. I know he'll get the job done, but I need to see him out there against the Nationals, up a run on the road, and close that out more than once uh, to really feel positive about him coming in there in the playoffs and getting the job done. And I know. Uh, Cespedes has run into trouble here with the, with the golfing while he's on the disabled list or while he's hurt. And um, I remember a few years ago this happened in Boston with Josh Beckett where he was on the DL or had to skip a start, and then he was caught golfing in a video um, someone took of him on the course, and then he had to have a you know a whole press conference to address it. And he you know sort of brushed it off and said like my off day is my off day, and I could do whatever I want. But to, for Cespedes, I mean. It, as a you know a professional athlete, if you're not able to play and do your job, I feel like you shouldn't be out playing other sports at the same time. No, look, I agree with you based on if he's hurt, if he's banged up and it's it's and he's not playing baseball and he's not uh, help your team, you know that's got to be his priority is getting healthy for that, and not doing anything else that's physical. But if he's healthy and he's playing, I, I don't care if he. You know, I don't care if he goes horseback every day. You know, he can go golfing, <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. It's his life. Uh, you know, he's made a ton of money. He's allowed to spend it any which way he wants. He can bring in different cars every day, like he, he did in spring training. He can go golfing every morning. Um, but look, if he can't get on the field, uh, he really shouldn't be doing anything. Uh, I agree with you on that aspect. But, I, you know, look, if he's healthy, 
you know, I play golf. I love golf. I, I try and play once a week. I wish I could play every day like he does. <laughs> well, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I know we're still a couple months away in the playoffs if the Mets get there, but what's, what do you think is going to happen with him and his contract situation at the end of the year? No, I think I, I, I kind of addressed it a little bit a couple minutes ago. I said, I know everybody's just thinking that he's going to opt out, um, you know, but he hasn't had the kind of year unless he, when he comes back, he goes on this ridiculous tear, which I suppose is possible, but he hasn't had the year like he had last year um, to make me think anybody's going to pay him more than $25 million the next two years. That's, you know, he's, that's a lot. He's the highest paid outfielder right now, I believe. So, I mean, I, I know he might be the best free agent out there, but he had offers from Washington where he can make a ton of money for a couple of years. You know, he decided to stay here. There's obviously something about New York that he likes. Maybe it's the golf courses. Who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> But I just don't think, I mean, if you have the chance to make $50 million for the next two years, um, you know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Why opt out? <laughs> well, the Subway Series, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly had its flair. And I know people talk about it if interleague uh, has sort of run its course or if the Subway Series has sort of run its course. But, you know, even though it's been going on now for 20 years, I still find myself, you know, gravitating towards the Subway Series because in a season – of 162 games where the you know as a Yankees fan you see the Blue Jays and and the and the Rays seemingly every other week it's good to have you know some more meaningful games even though they they count just the same but are you still on board with the the Subway Series or are you getting tired of uh, you know the same storyline seemingly every year? Uh, no, I actually I was kind of against it a couple years ago, but it still has juice, man, and it's still you know the fans still get into it, the teams still get into it. I mean, you got guys like. Steven Madsen and Mark Teixeira are getting into it. I mean, that's, uh, you know, whether he hit him intentionally or not, I mean, there's another story. But, I mean, the fact that that draws the benches to clear, two guys that, you know, have no heat whatsoever, you know, still shows you that, you know, the teams have passion for the series in itself. So I, I'm all for it, man. I, I think it's great for the city. I think it's great for baseball. I mean, locally, nobody else cares. I mean, people in, you know, Anaheim couldn't care less about the Mets and Yankees playing. But, you know, around here, you know, you see some good wars on Twitter. You see some good wars on the field. You get some decent baseball games. I don't mind it. I, I hope they continue it. Yeah, and I think uh, I was going to bring that up about to share. I mean, I, I can't see why he hit him intentionally. It's not like they have a history. The home run, you know, barely made it over. It was a Yankee Stadium home run. And then he hits him in the shit. It's not like he drilled him in the back or threw near his head. So, you know, I, I've never been the biggest Mark to share guy, and we'll get to him. But it just seemed like w- what an overreaction on that. No, and look, it's not like, and it's not like Stephen Matz is like an aggressive. Like, if it was Noah Syndergaard who has a history, I can, I can almost say, well, he probably did that on purpose. But like, Matz is like, you know, some like little clean cut kid who's, you know, just a, a good pitcher. He's not like a douche. So I'm, <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't see him being the kind of guy that's going to go after somebody, especially a, uh, you know, uh, a guy who's had a, a heck of a career. Uh, you know, after he hit a home run off him, he's going to give up home runs to better players than Mark Deshera. I don't think he's going to he's going to go after him the next at bat. So uh, I think that was a little bit of an overreaction. But I, I think that's also part of the series. I don't think it it would have mattered who hit Deshera. Deshera would have got pissed off about it, and that's why I like the series that there's some there's some juice there just based on the name of the team. Yeah, and then you have the situation with Teixeira where, you know, I don't know what happened with the idea that he was stealing signs, and then he starts chirping, and and the whole thing was just, that, that whole sequence was odd, and then he, you know, he slides hard into second base before that, so, uh, you know, a, a very odd time for Mark Teixeira to start getting aggressive now, especially since uh, retirement must have been on his mind as well. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe he knew it was his last hurrah, last chance to get pissed, and then make a statement against the Mets. But um, yeah, look, I, I've I've been able to to meet him a couple times and deal with him during charity events, and he never came off as the kind of guy who's gonna, you know, get really annoyed by getting hit on the shin uh, and, and slide into a, a base really hard. I never got that sense from him. So whatever set him off, you know. It, 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 I, who the hell knows? I, again, I think it's just part of the series. You're juice that series, and something happens that uh, you know normally you wouldn't get mad about. You get mad about, and I think that's why the you know it doesn't matter what two players it was. The fact that that you know cleared the benches a little bit is what makes the series great. Well, I I know because today he announces that, or you know, it got leaked that he's going to announce his retirement um, in a press conference at the end of the season. And I'm not sure, really sure, that was needed because um, with the way he's played and the fact that his contract's over, I don't, I think he, baseball is sort of retiring from him. He's not retiring from baseball. And and then you came to his uh, defense and sort of said Yankees fans were spoiled because of you know the smug tweets about Mark Teixeira, but. I guess as a Mets fan, I could see that. But if you're on the Yankees fan side, I can't understand anyone, you know, not being happy that the Mark Teixeira era is ending. And then I remember now about his relationship with the show and do you do a charity event. So it all sort of makes sense now of why you're very pro Mark Teixeira. No, no, but it also has the same thing to do with forget baseball for a second. Go to the Rangers. You know, I know people hate Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi, um, I by no means I'm going to celebrate when one of them retires because I like what they've done for the team and the fact that they wanted to be part of this for the franchise that I root for. And sure, maybe injuries slowed them down and, you know, they haven't, you know, had the greatest finishes to their careers. And, you know, some would say, unfortunately, neither one of them are close to retirement. But, you know, I just don't understand if you're a fan of a team and you have a guy that's wanted to play for your team and has helped your team win in the past and has dedicated his life to being part of your team, uh, and then injuries slow him down, uh, even though he's had a heck of a career, uh, to celebrate him retiring and leaving your team is just something I don't, I'm never, I look, I know people hate Dan Girardi and, you know, I'm sure he, and he's, and absolutely he struggled, but when he's, when he retires, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate his career and, you know, wish him the best. I'm not going to say, well, thank God he's off the team. So <laughs> well, it's kind I of think, applies here. <laughs> I I'm, think I, that I, you're, I, you're applies to, to, to share us. So, well, I mean, your rubric of, you know, wanting to play for the team, I think, has to do with the $180 million they offered him. And I think oh, sure. dedicating, yeah, his, like dedicating his life might be a stretch. What You know, Dan Girardi, okay, you know, he's t- terrible. He should have been bought out and stuff. But you could say, you know, he plays through pain, he plays through injury. He has dedicated his life and his profession to the Rangers because they're his employer. But for Mark Teixeira, the... The amount of games he's missed over the last few years, the the injur- injuries, whether it's you know lightheadedness or tired legs from running the bases or when he hurt his pinky sliding into home. I mean, it, it, if he was a, if he's a guy who's playing through pain and doing everything he can to be in the lineup, I think people would have a much different outlook on him. But the way he's you know sort of gone uh, for you know about four and a half of the seven years he's been a Yankee, I think fans have a right to be excited that he's no longer here. Hey, look, I, I understand that maybe removing – it's not like baseball is like a salary cap. So I, so it, it's not like the Yankees could have, you know, it could have just not eat his salary or whatever. And you know, It wasn't like he was preventing uh, the Yankees from getting other players. You know, he, you know, they could have brought in other players despite his, you know, enormous salary and missing games. So I, I understand the fact that it's hard for me to comment on anybody's injury because I don't know – 
you know, maybe it was just worded weird, tired legs or whatever like that. But, you know, it's, it's far from me to, to comment on somebody's injury and, and say, because, look, I, I've, I've sprained my ankle, you know, and it hurt like a son of a – I couldn't do anything for about a week. Now I sprained my ankle, you know, drunk, falling down a step. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was playing baseball. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I couldn't do anything. And I'm sure that if I was like a baseball player and I had to play the next day, I wouldn't have been I, – I was thinking about this. If I was like – it was right before the Packers were playing in a playoff game. And I was thinking to myself, if I was Eddie Lacy – I wouldn't be able to play in this playoff game because I can't walk. <laughs> so it's hard for me to, to even though I'm trying to, I was trying to think as I was walking to work, if I was playing in the Super Bowl the next day, I'd have to miss the Super Bowl because I can't move. So it's hard for me to comment on injury because I've been injured and not played sports and can barely move. So God knows, you know, these guys playing sports. I mean, you know, I think the big thing for to share on a serious note was that wrist injury because as soon as he hurt his wrist, everything went downhill for him career-wise as far as the stats and everything. So I think for him, that was the, the major fall in his career. Yeah, I would say, well, I definitely for 13 and 14, he bounced back last year, and then he's just been terrible this year. Like, should he be on the team? And if Greg Bird didn't need season-ending surgery, I'm sure Teixeira would have been let go a while ago. But, you know, he did have 9 where he finished second in the MVP. He had the walk-off home run, which was only a home run in Yankee Stadium in Game 2 against the Twins. He hit one in the World Series off, uh, you know, the old version of Pedro Martinez, and then he had one in 2010 against the Twins. But he was a horrible, you know, Nick Swisher-esque postseason player for them. Um, he had, you know, 9, 10, 11, he was good. Uh, but really, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I mean, he had horrible years. Hey, and Hey, look, I have. if you want to rip on somebody for horrible postseason play, I have absolutely no issue with that. I mean, that's, you're getting on the guy for his performance on the field, uh, you know, when it matters. And I don't know if that's injury-related or not. I mean, uh, we can go through endless amount of New York Rangers the last couple of years who, you know, basically disappeared in the playoffs. I mean, look at Derek Broussard, uh, who I know has obviously been traded. But, I mean, he's been a, a great playoff player. And this year in the playoffs against the Penguins, he was awful. Yeah. So I have absolutely no problem with people ripping on him, you know, for his playoff play this year. So, you know, if we're getting in guys to the playoffs, I, I completely understand. And I won't even I won't even address an argument with you on that point. <laughs> well, I'm happy that we're, that we're at that point. And we haven't even talked since the Rangers season came to a terrible end. But to hear you bring up Girardi and Stahl, I feel like you would be celebrating their uh, departure a little more if they actually were bought out and, you know, Keith Yandel could have been able to re-sign with the Rangers. Oh, no, like a buyout is different than a guy retiring in any of his career. If the Rangers, if it was the right move for the Rangers to buy the guy out, I wouldn't have celebrated. I would have wished the guy the best. Not that he needs me to wish him the best, but I would have. <laughs> he needs you, or you can't have, have a great life unless you tell right. him. I would have. Rem- I would have remembered, you know, the good things he did for the team, and then hoped he moved on with his career. I mean, the retirement's different. The guy's basically stopping what he loves doing, uh, you know, for either injuries or he just, you know, is too old. Um, but no, look, if the Rangers, look, I was, I, you know, me, I was a big proponent of Keith Yandel, and if buying one of those two out brought him back, I was all for it. I'm uh, disappointed it didn't happen. Um, I'll be honest, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling about the Rangers yet this year. I got to get a better feel for it. I loved the Zimenejad trade for Broussard and the picks. I thought that was a good hockey move. If you take emotion out of it, which is tough for a lot of Rangers. It's amazing the arrogance of Ranger fans. You know, I was talking to people who just buried that trade, and it's because they were emotionally I, I attached. I don't know. You got people that were like emotionally attached to Derek Broussard. Well, those are probably the, the, same people notion, that, the same people that probably thought they should have paid Callahan $7.5 million a year to keep him around. Right. So, hey, Callahan, who basically has been awful since he's been traded. I, 
this is what what's annoying. I I, look, I had no issue with Derek Broussard. He was a very he was a solid Ranger for a couple of years here, and he. But you know, at the at, at the end of the day, I mean, you got to make the right hockey moves, and this team has been pretty brutal the last two years. So to change things up in the locker room, you know, Derek Broussard couldn't kill penalties. You get a guy that's younger can kill penalties is a little cheaper. It's just a good hockey move. It's it's nothing personal against Broussard. It's just a good move. It's actually a horrible move for the Senators. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what they were doing. I mean, maybe maybe they needed a guy, you know, who can you know be a little more creative with the puck because Broussard can do that. But I mean, the trade. I, if they made the trade straight up, I'd understand it a little more. But for them to throw in the second round pick was, what were they thinking? Well, I know, uh, I know this is like starting to get to your time because hockey, you know, we're just a month away from preseason beginning. We got five weeks till the NFL starts, um, and and I know we both can agree on the Rangers and also the Giants. But I have a good feeling about this Giants team. I know we're a ways away, but after the last few years, I guess it's hard not to have a good feeling when you spend two hundred million dollars on defense and um, you know hopefully have a better receiving core than just Odell Beckham by himself. Well, I think the defense just by accident could be better. I mean, they're coached <laughs> exactly the same way. Just the talent they brought in, uh, Olivier Vernon, uh, Sachs, all these guys are, are and, you know, drafting Eli Apple and uh, bringing Leon yesterday. I mean, they've made good football moves. Um, we have to see how it comes together on the field. You know what I think one of the biggest keys to this Giants offense is going to be? It's not Odell Beckham. It's not Victor Cruz. It's not uh, Sterling Shepard. It's going to be consistently running Rashad Jennings. I, I think that's the most important part of the game is utilizing one running back and then maybe having Vereen as a third down guy because this running back by committee thing just drives me crazy, especially when last year Jennings was the best one, uh, in my opinion. So I think if you use him as your three down back and then you have Vereen, you know, uh, you know, as the second back, you know, catching balls in the backfield and on third down coming in, you know, when needed, I think that's going to be, and they can get that running game going with the offensive line. That adds, obviously, another element to your game, to your offense. And uh, I think they'll have a pretty prolific offense if they can utilize all that. What are you more excited for, fantasy football or uh, actual lines and uh, spreads coming out to bet on? Oh, fantasy football, because I suck at betting. (laughs) But uh, it won't uh, stop you from doing it, though. No, no. But, I mean, at least the the last couple years, I mean, I had a couple of great days, but, I mean – I I have lost some ones that you just you can't you can't figure out. Um, so I've also done that in horse racing too. But um, I've had better luck with fantasy football. I've had horrific luck with fantasy baseball. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to fantasy football. I'm, this next couple of weeks, I have some time off. I'm gonna get our leagues all organized and ready to go. Get that six man keeper league that you're a part of, uh, which I need you to sign up for shortly. We'll get that in the mix. I love that league. It's a hard league. And you have a couple of early picks because you made some trades. So I expect big things from you this year. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I know we'll talk again before the baseball season's over. But now that you know everything's sort of coming full swing with baseball heating up and uh, hockey and football around the corner. But are the Mets right now on August 5th the playoff team? No, I don't think so. Wow. Uh, you're, the second per- you're the second person to ask me that, and I just I don't think so. You're usually very I optimistic just- about your teams, too. No, I know. I try and I try and always look at everything positively. Um, I just don't. I, I think the injuries on uh, on the pitching staff is way too much. You don't know when Zach Wheeler's coming back. You know, Duda just had a setback. I know Loney's been solid. 
Um, you know, but Granderson has given you nothing outside of 17 home runs. Um, Walker's gotten hot, but you know, he, there's no way he's going to continuously go eight for 10. Um, and I, I look, Jay Bruce to me is a big ad, but the Cespedes injury hurts. Um, and you know, I'm not the biggest Wilmer Flores guy. People seem to love him because he's gotten hot. You know, he's going to cool down. It's just, I just don't, you know, Syndergaard has got the spur. I think that's bothering him. Matt's obviously has the bone spur. That's bothering him. Uh, I just don't think the, the pieces are there for them to, to collectively and consistently make a run the second half here. All right, Mazza. Well, it's good checking in. Congrats on the fifth kid. Uh, lots happening if the Mets can make a run. Football, mm-hmm. bait hockey back soon. So we'll be in touch and, uh, you know, good luck with the with the new addition to the family. All the love, bro.